writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. In this episode of Right Pack Radio, we're going to explore facing writer's block. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host, producer, and crazy person, David Allen Lucas. Um, also, just want to do a quick announcement. Starting October 9th, we at Right Pack Radio, we're going to start with Right Pack Radio presents Excelsior Journeys. That will be going out onto all of our platforms, so if you are hearing us now, don't worry, you don't have to do anything extra to be able to listen to those episodes. They will be coming to you. And also with me today, we have a small cast. So I'm going to start with the woman of my heart here. Hi, I'm Melanie Lucas. Um, back on air or after... Uh, being, being sick? Yes, being sick. So if, I, if you hear coffee, that may be me. Uh, and uh, at some point, uh, maybe by the time this airs, I will be working on my uh, Gannison novel. So, you know, I'm a good person to talk about writer's block. Yep. And also with us today is the king of fantasy. I'm calling him the king just because I enjoy making him laugh. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, Ryan B. Freeman. I write my fantasy. Uh, I have some of works out already. Uh, Rain Spell. Uh, the Grey Isle Tale, and The Trombos of Must, all available through my website. And uh, most uh, most any book places, brianpfreem.com, looking for a memory, check it out. Uh, I also uh, recently signed with a member of Sonary Agency, so I wrote a book tentatively called uh, Nameless, which uh, should be going out to uh, lower publishers um, this fall. So uh, look for that. And um, I'm also the president founder of Great Excellent. And we are looking forward to it. And I didn't announce I'm president of Singles Writer Skills, so while we're at it, um, since I promoted you up to King, can I get the Lord High Admiral of Steampunk? Lord High Admiral. Hey, I got to promote you up there. Yes, now I am Brian R. Cook. I am the author of uh, several Steampunk things, including the Iron Chronicles, uh, the Airdranium Adventures, and coming later this year, the more of Tales of the Gearplay. Uh, you can find out all about it at brianarcook.com and then be on the lookout more because I'm writing like a fiend, so that means there's a ton of the horizon. And if I've got my airing dates right, I think there's plenty of time for this. Um, come to Archon in St. Louis, actually it's Collinsville, Illinois, and you will see many of the members of the Right Pack Radio podcast at Archon. I know Brad's going to be there. Ryan's going to be there. I believe Jen's going to be there. No, um, she's not going to make it. She's not going to be able to make it. Oh, rats. Okay. Um, I do. I know George, I believe, is also going to be there. And George is going to be... You know, George and Jennifer and Teresa and a bunch of other people. Like that. Well, Jennifer's not going to be there. Yeah, Brian just is said. That? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be there. Oh, you're not going to be there. Yeah. Oh. Wow, okay. So, sorry. So it's going to be Jen, George, Teresa, 
Brad, <laughs> and others. Who's announcing? And others. Tentatively, go to Archon, there will be people there. All righty, so much for me trying to plug that one. And those of those fans of ours who are in Archon, thank you for listening. Okay, today today we're going to talk about facing writer's block. Um, I know some people in our profession don't believe writer's block exists. She's not here Uh, today. Well, not just her. Um, I'm not going to call out by name, but if you've been listening for a while, you know who I'm talking about. But I'm going to say this to those people. There are some people who believe the Earth is flat still, but so they're not oh, right either. You're going to compare the flat ah. lizards. Oh. <laughs> yes, I've gone that mean. <laughs> um, okay. No, in all honesty, there is, really is, writer's block. And it is not... There's some, an inability to get the right words down on the page. Right. I'll give you that. Right. And let's, I'm going to talk about writer's block in a moment, and I really find the topic ironically funny in my case. Because one, I've kind of suffered for it, from it for a while. Number two, if, you, if you've followed along, I am a fourth-degree black belt in an actual real martial art, and they don't sell belts there. Sorry, that's me taking another dick at something else. Oh, like that. It's a smackdown on a Rod Pack radio. Today. Yeah, I am smacking down. <laughs> Part of our black belt exam, where I go, which is Tracy's Karate, um, and in St. Louis, been there since 1969, so it's not a fly-by-night. Um, we, yes, that's another slam. Um, where I'm going with this. The black belt test is a two-and-a-half-hour-long minimum physical test. I won't go into the details. But on top of that, you write a paper. And here's where I'm going with the, the irony of this conversation. One of the biggest pro, one of the biggest creations from of writer's block is fear. And back then I wrote a 30-page paper on fear, how to face it, how to how to use it. Sorry, how to face it, how to create it in your opponent and how to use it as a weapon. And here, I, here we're going to talk about writer's block, which is not, is heavy in fear. It's not the only cause. So there yes, is must not fear. That's yes. true. Which, which hilariously is how I actually opened up that paper with that quote. Um, so yes, I do quote um, doing whatever we could. Um, so anyway. I've, there are some various different things that cause writer's block. Well, can we back up a little bit and yes. just for everybody's sake, especially if English is a second language, could you please just define what we're talking about? Most people know what writer's block is, but let's define it. It is a block of wood that writers had. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I wish it was that easy. Well, here's, a, here's an actual definition. And I'm glad you did that because we do have fans in Sweden, Costa Rica... Japan, and so forth, they're listening that. I know English is not their primary language. Writer's block is a condition primarily associated with writing in which an author loses the ability to produce new work or experiences a creative slowdown. The condition ranges in difficulty from coming up with original ideas to being unable to produce work for years. Throughout history, writer's block has been a documented problem. And I'll pause it there. Um, 
Actually, no, I won't pause it there. I'm going to mention a few things. Um, professionals who have struggled with the affliction include such authors as F. Scott Fitzgerald, Joseph Mitchell, and comic book cartoonist Charles M. Schultz. Now, for those who may not recognize those names, which is why I continue to, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, classic American author, I'll see both of you get your signs up. Joseph Mitchell also wrote huge, large novels, uh, including one title, hilariously, The Novel. Um, the, he wrote thousand-page novels. And if you don't know Charles M. Schultz, I don't know where you've been hiding, but he is the cartoonist behind Peanuts. So I'm not sure who had their hand up first. I'm going to go with Brad, then Ryan. Okay, I was going to say that uh, that is a very long and convoluted definition for writer's block, and it's true. Uh, but basically, writer's block is the uh, a giant block in your head mm-hmm. that is stifling your creativity, whether that's the ability to come up with new ideas or the ability to create the words to communicate those ideas. And the reason I want to throw that out, though, is that it's not entirely, it's, it's often... Uh, stress induced and other things like that, but it is it is it is something in your mind, uh, and you know by overcoming those kinds of things, uh, then we can talk about ways of overcoming writer's block. Uh, you'll get by it. You'll get around it. Uh, you'll get over it. You'll get through it. You'll get under it. Uh, whatever you need to. But uh, I too often is it seen as some sort of giant stoppage. Uh, and unfortunately it can be, but I, I wanted to relate that it's, it's, it's not meant to be permanent. Uh, it shouldn't be permanent, impossible, uh, because it's your mind and all that self-doubt and all that self-craziness and all the self, you know, stuff coming into play, and then a bunch of other external factors that always bring the stress in life and all that sort of fun stuff. But it's the mental stuff that can be, uh, Gone around, gone under, gone over, whatever. Let me, let me dovetail in there with you, um, since you're talking about the mental side of it. And that is writer's block, is mental. There, there's no question of that. Um, Ryan, you'll be next after me. Some mental professionals, mental health professionals have pointed out it's not just fear that causes this. So I'm just going to go yeah. down, I'm just going to go down a little list here, that little long list. I'm not going to read everything that's in there, just Read the list. ADHD, alcohol and drugs, analysis paralysis, anxiety, brain activity, depression, drug withdrawal, emotional fuel, fatigue, various medical conditions such as diabetes, Lyme's disease, and some other ones, hyperthyroidism, motivational deficit, OCD, neurological conditions, such as Alzheimer's, psychomotor slowing, psychotropic medications, sleep problems, and as Brad mentioned a moment ago, stress. So there are lots of other causes besides fear. Fear can... Feed into the yeah, I, I don't want to imply that it's only fear, because yeah. I would never want to do that. More what I'm trying to mention is that it's a mental uh, game. Yeah. Uh, whether that's, you know... Uh, and then, as I also said, there's 
always will be amongst the outside forces, whether that's life, kids, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff will definitely compound on you. Um, but these are all things that could be gotten around or through or over or uh, adapted. Uh-huh. I think it's the best word to say. Uh, so that the words will flow again. That's the place where I want to go here eventually in this broadcast. Ryan, you had your hand up for a bit there. I kind of cut you off with a dovetail. Please take it away. Sure. Uh, uh, just just two, two things. One little, little funny thing. You had mentioned the test stop Fitzgerald. I uh, recently heard on NPR saying, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing like reading reading a book right, like the like Great Gatsby in high school about a rich person who's sad. That's mm-hmm. funny. Anyways, that was all. But no, and then um, so recently in my new job, I worked for a news station at Quincy takes away as a camera guy, and I heard I was reporting the other day, and it was funny because I was watching her, this girl who had done been reporting for about a year, I think, um, and um, she was getting her own version of a writer's block um, when we had to do live show. I know it's a little different. But it's the same thing. But for me, anyways, uh, I know a lot of other people in the voice in your head that Scott says, you know, you're terrible and yourself, this is junk. Um, and it kind of is like like the 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 fear and the block vocalizing itself. And then so it's like, does that ever happen to anybody else? And I was like, Yes. Especially as a writer, all the time. Uh, one of the I feel like one of the main facets of writing block is that you feel isolated. Um, you feel like, you know, maybe you're, you're the only one kind of feeling this way, and that's what makes you feel less. Um, and the truth is that every single writer I've ever been able to talk to has some form or version of this. I know, I think, like you said, various forms of it. There is something, it's from what I've read on Writer's Block. This is not, I'm not sure if it's really a sub-version of it or if it's just tied in. That is the blank page syndrome. You're sitting at a blank page and you just don't know what the heck to write. Yes? Yeah, I was just thinking my version of writer's block is very often the opposite of that. For instance, hmm. the live camera version. So, I mean, blank page version I actually get. It's much easier for me to edit than to write the first draft. But... Uh, on air, uh, for instance, writing a speech or writing a presentation to give, totally writer's block. Get up there and wing it, wing it, you know, with maybe just some notes and nothing else really prepared. Goes much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's what writer's block is. And I and writer's block can last for years. And so, for, how do you get past it? Brad, you were talking about it can be you can get around it. You can adapt around it. What were what some of the things that okay, you've done? So or have you suffered two, from? That, I wouldn't say there's two, but there's, for the lack of, you know, for the sake of argument's sake, there's two basic ways of saying that I have writer's block. One is that I cannot write right now. Mm-hmm. That, like, at this particular second that I am sitting down to write, no words are coming into my head. The other version of writer's block which I think is a little bit harder to deal with, is I can't write at all. Which means that I don't have time to write, that I have nothing to write about. Uh, you know, 
greater factors that are just keeping you from ever sitting down to even begin to write. So that's the harder one. We'll start with the easier one. So I can't write right now. That's actually easy to deal with. That's a headspace. So you're not, your creative juices aren't flowing. This can happen. It happens to me. Uh, so there's a, there's actually a bunch of things you can do that are really easy. So like go for a walk, uh, get away from your computer for a second. Um, eliminate all distractions, like turn off Facebook or do all that kind of stuff. Get rid of the ability to distract yourself. Uh, if you've been distracted or allow yourself to be distracted, um, do something to get your blood flowing. Um, you know, I, we've often talked, uh, I know David has done this as well, but, uh, when I'm, when the words aren't flowing, I will pick up a sword and walk around my house. I will, uh, go through some of the motions, uh, you know, uh, kind of practice because that helps get my mind. Uh, not thinking about what it was thinking about and allowing it to go into a place where it could be more creative. Uh, play, you can you know do something fun like video games or something like that. Just get out of your mind. Change your environment. Go to a coffee shop. Have some fun. Uh, free write. This is the one that I always found interesting. The way of getting around writer's block is to write through it. Um, so you can free write about something else or maybe your character or maybe something about the scene or just some pie-in-the-sky thoughts that you're having at the moment. Maybe some really deep Jack Handy-type things. And uh, write all that down and get out of you. And apparently 200, 300 words on a page, and suddenly you're ready to keep writing and do some of that kind of stuff. Uh, you can change up your music that you're listening to. That's always a fun one. Um, you'll like this one, David. Brew your coffee. Uh, brew some coffee, get some uh, thing to drink or eat or do something along those lines. Uh, and, you know, call a friend, go hang out with people, do all that kind of stuff. That is all about getting out of your headspace. Um, or you can cut yourself off from everything and, you know, put the phone down, shut everything down, just be you and the computer in a room. But it's about changing up what you're doing at that particular moment. For me, if I get all emotional or angry or something on TV pisses me off, um, I might actually have to take like a 10 minute break where I'm not doing anything. Uh, maybe I pick up a sword and start uh, doing some workouts. Maybe I walk around. Maybe I just go and clean the kitchen for a second and then come back and, uh, you know, come back to the writing. But anything you can do for that, and then we can jump into the bigger stuff later as to what you can do if you're not having ideas. Well, and actually, I'm, I'm going to go to Melanie and then to Ryan next. There's some things I want to kind of go down. You, you opened up some doors there, but I definitely want to go through. But let me have Melanie first and then Ryan, and then I'm going to talk about those doors. Go ahead. Well, uh, Brad, you actually addressed some of the things I was going to bring up with the techniques you can use to get out of that. Um, some of them that made me realize it would be more of a uh, larger issue if dealing, you know, with time management where you can't write at all. But yeah, the whole writing exercises, writing through it, there's all sorts of, apparently my mom was like, you know, going back to community college for taking a class in writing before she realized there were writing exercises you could do. She didn't know you could take classes to learn about writing fiction. And, uh, you know, there are little writing exercises you have in writer's block. There's all sorts of little things you can do that can just spur your creativity or can't write about your big novel, write about something else. 
that really opens up some people. And another thing is, I think it's useful to figure out what's causing the individual person's writer's block. Because if you're a writer, if your writer's block is because you're a perfectionist, what well, would work it might be quite different than if you just can't think what to write. Agreed. So I'm going to go to Ryan and then Brad. I'm going to put you on pause for a second. I'm going to throw out five things and after Ryan goes. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, kind of going off one of the things Brad said, um, at the time of this recording, it's August, and, uh, but in July, I had done my first campaign random, uh, National Novel Writing Month, that's something that provides you, that encourages you to write a novel a month, so, um, while I totally, I totally totally believe in writer's block, because I've suffered through it myself, um, writing sprints, October 22nd, 2015, five reasons why, five reasons you're experiencing writer's block. And she's basically taking excerpts from a, from a book by Susan Reynolds called Fire Up Your Writing Brain. Brad, you've hit on all these. I just kind of want to break them out and have <laughs> us go through and talk about, talk about them. One, and I'm going to start off in very internal and then come external. You've lost your way. Your passion has waned. Your expectations are too high. I'm guilty of that one. Um, you you are, have five novels done, if not. You are burnt out. Also guilty of that one. You're too distracted. Also guilty of that one. Um, the sixth one, I, there's a sixth one that is not there, but I'm going to post, I'm going to add it. And that is what your writing seems too big for you. Uh, so, going that way, Brad, I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, talk about, it, and then let's see if we can break down break down some of these doors. Okay, so all of those you just mentioned are actually the other side of that. That's the bigger uh, the bigger blocks as to why you're not writing. Exactly. Because I'm sitting right here, and I want to write, but I can't write. So, um, that is getting into something that is much different, 
And that is getting into your reasons for writing and all of that kind of stuff. But the first thing I would say, and this goes mostly for the other way, the I'm, I'm writing right now, but it goes for this too. Uh, the habitual writer will experience writer's block less than the writer who waits to be inspired. True. Um, I, I just I can't stress that enough. That waiting for inspiration to come to you is never the wisest course because there's nothing wrong with waiting for a little inspiration. You know, I believe in that. But, uh, if you wait forever for the muse to sing, uh, you know you're missing a lot of songs that you know, just leave it back. But, uh, to go on to your points of what you can do for these bigger things. So the first one is to uh, have writer friends. And the reason I say this is whether they are colleagues that you can talk to on Twitter, maybe they, they are critique group members that you see every two weeks, uh, maybe they are people at your local writer's guild or somewhere along that. Um, the ability to bounce and talk and go through these moments of stress and doubt at times of that uh, and learn that this is not internal to you but this is a struggle all writers face. I mean, you write through a list of, you know, some really awesome writers uh, who have gone through these struggles and these problems, but the reality is, is that if you go through the lives of every single writer, you know, whether it's, you know, Agatha Christie or whether it's uh, J.K. Rowling, you will find all of these same struggles, moments of doubt in their characters, moments of doubt in their thoughts, their plots, and the twist that they're doing, and all of the stuff that comes with that. Um, so when you start to realize this, and one of my ways that I love to do this, and I highly recommend it to everybody, is go listen to the words of the masters. Um, so there are massive amounts of quotes by writers out there. Uh, so many quotes. We love to quote each other entirely too much. But here's the thing. Often writers are talking about these very things that they've just uh, outlined as problems. Um, so they'll say some, you know, inspiration about going up to a, you know, or, you know, writing is nothing more than going up to the typewriter and bleeding all over it, which is about pouring your guts and everything you have onto the page. You know, it's heaviness. You know, where is, uh, 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 or no. Oh, uh, who is it? I can't think about the top of my head. Who said that you just need to write one page every day and in 400 page days you'll have a novel. I think Stephen uh, King said that, but don't hold that to me. No, it's not King. It's Will one it? of the... It's, it's not Orwell. It's it's, a, it's one, somebody like that. Um, but yeah, so go and check them out. In fact, if you want, I wrote two blogs for the Writer's Lens. One of them is, they're both like the words of the masters, and they are collections of all of the great sayings from those guys. But go listen to those things first. Go talk to your friends. It's the best way I advise I can also. And that is thewriterslens.com. Yes. Go for it, Ryan. Um, yeah, kind of along with that, um, biggest, biggest thing besides writing scripts and practical, I found. To overcome my own personal writer's block um, is to feed my own wonder. Um, sometimes you get so kind of caught up in the mundane and stress of life, and in the year now, um, you kind of bleed your imagination around you, you. You really do have that kind of gas inside. And I found that with those 
fills me up um, is going and, and, and traveling. But anyone is just going to have to drive somewhere new. Um, if I see something that I don't feel like, I live in Beautiful, Missouri, and uh, there's things to wrap around to drive. Um, and so when I'm able to go down to some of those places, my friends go, for example, um, it's so. It's so nice. It's so nice to uh, when you be around people, to be around you know, me, uh, 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 to go, go spend time in different atmosphere, different location. Oh, get out of Dodge. When you get out of Dodge for a while, um, it helps. So you don't have to, like, you know, go to a different country. Uh, it's a damn cool. Um, I've been to Canada once for fun, but I need to do it. I mean, I felt better for it. Um, but being able to give yourself new life experiences, the other thing I wanted to mention, I know Brad mentioned it, was the blog secret. Um, a couple years ago, I was really cut down in my life, and uh, um, it was in those dark moments that I was able to use the real emotion that I was going through in my writing. Um, sometimes we feel like we have to write a certain way in our books and our stories. Um, that's great. But when you're able to actually communicate what you're feeling, what you're experiencing at that moment, um, you can often get something very powerful. You should use some of the emotions that go into it. Um, you can, you don't have to describe something like that, you can describe something that's really happening. Um, I don't know, those are my two thoughts. Cool. Melanie, go ahead. I've got something I want to say. Yeah, I actually have a, my unrelated statement, but to just dovetail first, what Ryan said, to get to your, what you were talking about, just, you know, get to your authentic voice and write what you should really get to. For me, one of the things, getting through that, the key is turning off your own self-editor, yeah. at least when you're writing your first draft. For me, the key is writing when I'm sleepy and tired. Uh, alcohol doesn't work for me, but, you know, uh, writing at 2 a.m. or midnight, yeah, that works. But, uh, again, don't edit when you're that, I don't edit when I'm that tired, but generally, but, you know, first drafts, hey, the writing flows. What I was actually saying, and by the way, this is something, sounds like a good idea, nothing that I've implemented, I keep thinking about it, um, I went to a time management seminar that wasn't specifically for writers, but a whole lot of lives for writers, and one of them is, take scheduled time for yourself, it doesn't have to be huge blocks, but actually schedule it, and then actually take that time. So, for instance, take the time and, you know, put it in your schedule that you are going to write at, you know, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. every day, or 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. on, you know, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and actually do. And even if you don't think you can write during that time, sit down and write something. If you don't feel like you're writing on your work and you want to write on, write something else. If uh, you can't write anything, just write the quick red, you know, the, the, the quick red fox uh, jumped over the lazy brown dog. Just write something to write and apparently, you know, write established to the habit. And once you establish the habit, eventually it will get easier. This will probably work better for some people than others. And then the final thing the time management said is there was actually somebody that did a study on this. When the muse is running, you write, you write, you write, and then the muse runs out, and maybe you've written like 7,000 words. 
or you write, you write, you write, and the views is still going, but you stop at 5,000 words. Well, they did, somebody did a survey and actually measured this type of thing. And if you basically have this big bulge of creative writing, then the next few days, you have a lot of trouble writing. So the best thing to do to get the most words per month is actually not to write until your creativity runs out. To actually stop while you're not, where you're still interested in it. So it's actually better long term to write like 3,000, 4,000 words a day or whatever it is your median word count is. Write that. Don't write too much more. Stop in the middle of the scene. Stop when you're still interested, but do it consistently versus writing till you run out of steam. Brad, before I come to you, you're next up, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, two dovetails, or uh, two things real fast. I'm dovetailing into Melanie. <laughs> there is a trick I've used, and it works for me. And it comes from an author by the name of David Morrell. I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. He's known for a lot of writing, um, but probably, and to his chagrin, um, one of the biggest things he's known for is writing the Rambo series that Sylvester Stallone turned into movies. He actually talks about that in his book, um, Lessons for from a Lifetime of Writing, a novelist looks at his craft. I'm going to recommend that book, by the way, and this, and if nothing else, for what some things, that, some tricks that came out of it. One of the things he talks about doing, and if you go back in the right back radio history, somewhere I talk about this process, where I sit down and I am talking to myself on the page. But I give myself an alter ego. In my case, I call it how. If you've ever read 2001 A Space Odyssey or seen the movie, you will understand the jokes. So my name is David. How are you doing, Dave? Does how? And it's back and forth. It's just a, it just starts off as a conversation back and forth. What is it you wish to write about, Dave? Well, I'm going to write about a blah. And it just keeps going and going. And eventually, whatever's blocking you will get out of the way. Or if, you have, if you're drawing blanks, you'll clear that up. Um, another book series I'm going to recommend, and I'm going to toss this over to Brad, is a book series written by Stephen Pressfield. Um, he, pro- he writes about a lot of warriors in life, and being the martial artist in me, I am very attracted by his book, by his book series, especially The War of Art. It is literally a kick in the pants to get yourself going and get breakthrough writer's block and out of fighting. He doesn't call writer's block writer's block. He calls it resistance. Where your mind is, you're trying to resist something. And trick is figuring out what that is that you're resisting. So those are a couple of recommendations. I'm tossing it over to Brad now. Brad? Yeah, so those are all good recommendations. Cool. Uh, so my thing was going to be uh, more ways you can get around the big cycle of I can't come up with anything to write. Or whatever it is that's preventing you from sitting down. Um, so there's actually a lot of times this can be caused by uh, an uncertainty, uh, either in what to write or in that you are skilled enough to write or in anything that goes along with that. Um, these these are all uh, you know kind of commonalities that writers are going to face over time. But the big one that I want to throw out is that 
to give yourself the ability to write that shitty draft. And I, I say it just like that and apologize for my, uh, my crass language there, but uh, you've got to give yourself that ability. Um, I don't care how bad it is. No one cares how bad it is. It's a zero draft. It's the first draft. It's the, it's the giant mold of clay where you just slap down a bunch of stuff uh, and you see what sticks, and then you start to mold after that. But giving yourself that freedom to write badly, giving yourself the ability to write crap and say that that's crap and know that that should never reach the shelf. But it's okay because you wrote crap that day, but you wrote that day. And guess what? Crap can be turned into a diamond. It happens. Trust me. Go check it out. Geology 101. But uh, the, the, fun fact, the fun facts of all of this is that you have to be able as a writer to give yourself the ability at times to say that, yes, I know I'm not writing a Pulitzer Prize winning material right now, and that's okay. Um, this is never going to win the Hugo, but after I have gotten this all out of me, uh, maybe I can clean it up and turn it into something beautiful. The point being is that uh, too often we will get locked up in ourselves, either that this character is stupid, this plot is stupid, this whole book is stupid. You know, it can be a whole list of things. But that's all internal. And the, the point is to get past that because eventually you'll see that what you wrote was actually pretty good. Or, more importantly, that there are elements in it that you can definitely use in the next draft. And that's... You just... If you can get that first draft out, there's so much more that can be done than if you just never approach it. And that's what happens too often is we get stuck and we say, I'm not, you know, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to write. And then they stop writing and then five years passes and that book never gets finished. And that's the saddest thing in the world because every book should get finished. They're books. They're cute. They need to be finished. Real quick, a couple of things I forgot in my little recommendation when Brad's are right. Um, you made me think of some of them. One, I am going to borrow from Ben Bova. Ben Bova is a science fiction author. He was editor of, um, I think he was editor of Asimov. If not, it was Science Fact and Fiction um, magazine. Fa fa yeah, anyway. One of the things he talks about, two things actually he talks about. One is, especially if you're writing novels, it's like laying siege to a town. It is a long haul. Prepare for it. The long, one of his tricks, and I like doing it, is, Melanie, you talked about don't write until you're empty, until your fuel's empty, to stop before you get there. Don't, don't lose your interest or your fun you're having with it. What he talks about is stopping that everybody just did exactly what he talks about. Stop mid-sentence. When you go back to read this, the next day, next time you're sitting down to write, hopefully the next day, we are all hardwired to complete sentences. So you're automatically going to complete your bit draft. I'm playing with a mic on purpose doing work. Or at least spend your first five minutes editing that last sentence. Yeah. Exactly, but it will still get you going. Um, also, to Seamless Writers Guild had um, an author come out and talk. We always have authors come out and talk. But one, and 
Brad, you're going to turn to you from a name because you're better with names than I am. But she, if you are concerned about a project being so huge, you're like, I want to write this, but I don't know how. I can't get past it. It's too much for me. She has something called the Chunky Method. And I'm, uh, Ali, help? I'm looking at Brad, and he's coming blank blank as well. I'm going to look her up. Okay, for the audience, I'm going to turn this over to Ryan while he talks, and I'm going to look this woman up. It's, it's Allie Peltier. Or thank, Peltier. thank you, that's it. Yeah, and it's the Chunky Method Handbook, your step-by-step plan to write that book. Uh, something. Yep. And she also talks about, she also has another book out there about what happens. She's got a whole online class and everything like that. It's AlliePeltier.com, which is P-L-E-I-T-E-R. Or I should, I should say it's A L L I E E I T E R, and she's got the chunky method. Uh, look it up; it's a great way. The five steps to meeting your deadline uh, using this uh, system. So, go ahead, Brad. One more time with the name because I coughed right in the middle of that. Sorry. Yeah, it's Ali Peltier. I believe that, and I apologize if I'm completely butchering your name, but it's A L L I E P L. E I T E R. There you go. Thank you. Okay, kicking it over to Ryan. Okay, well, there was uh, there's two things. One, uh, you know, I know that we writers can tend to be thinking about what we're working on. Um, we think, oh, is that good enough? There's a scramble or whatever. You know what? I have books that are out that like people love. Um, and when I read it, I still want to nitpick at it. And there's something in my mind that I've learned, actually, you know, from hanging around, hanging around with other people here in this podcast, is um, um, there is a point where it's done. Who is it? And, like, you know what? Like, when Brad was saying, give yourself permission to write crap, sometimes you need to get that first book out. You need to let it be crap and, and, and understand that that is okay and that just not every book you write is not going to be this long, long, simmering diamond. Um, you're going to see little finite cracks, and little things that you could change, and this, this is different, and you could have done that. Oh, I need to fix this. It's okay. Uh, people are going to like this stuff. If you write a good story, story will speak for itself. I mean, by all means, do your best, but um, it's, it's going to be there. Um, Another thing, the story, uh, I think I've said a couple of times here on the show before, um, but one of the places where I think for inspiration on that fantasy uh, is made up experiences. Um, I feel like they're, they're really pretty neat and they often are, they just have a lot of depth in your mind for content. And I hear from one person uh, in the Nerdup experience described being led around this prestige library. Um, and you know, the, the books that were written. We're down there, and these, like, is forming, was for inventions, and then there's this other way, and he asked us, why, okay, well, let's go back to this place, took the, took the moment, and he told him, he said, that's for all the books that were never written. And, like, as a writer, like, it makes my hat look nice. It's like, do I have a performance? So, you know, um, only you can tell a story. Only you can write just the way you do. Um, so do your do your best to ignore, you know, the complaint, the tiny mistakes, do your best to ignore the voice that tells you something. 
Melanie, go ahead, and then, but before you do, Ryan, you kind of broke up a little bit on what you said. Where did you go to get see all this? Where did I go to get what? Where did you go to get this or see this? Oh, uh, I, I like, I like reading near-death experience stories. Near, okay, near-death, okay. Mm-hmm. Near-death experiences, correct? Okay. No. I was just looking up who actually said a quote, and apparently it's one of those quotes that's attributed to a lot of different famous people and slightly reworded. Uh, but um, here's one that might be true. Uh, I like the quote, but the quote is, Art is never finished, only abandoned. Yeah. And uh, this particular site uh, credits it to Leonardo da Vinci. No idea if it was actually him that said it. <laughs> Well, if not, I know George Lucas said it. Yeah, George Lucas says a movie is never finished, only abandoned. And someone else said a poem is never uh, never finished, only abandoned. And uh, so, you know, basically it's one of those quotes that a lot of people say something or something close to it. So who knows who said it first? Okay. Uh, we've they did abandon them, but they are on the shelf. They don't touch them anymore. They're final prints. <laughs> it's locked in. You can't do anything. Until he goes and remakes them. We've gone through quite a lot of ways to break it, uh, break writer's block or to coping strategies for it. As we get ready to close out, we're not, we might close out a little bit early on this one. I want to throw out some, I'm going to throw out a list of coping strategies, just like I threw out a list of causes of writer's block. Um, This is coming from one of those psychology sites I saw, and I was reading it. All, and a lot of these we've already brought up, so that's kind of cool. Altered consciousness. Maybe you used to be able to write perfectly, and now you are upset that you can no longer replicate your old ability. Although, that's me. It is likely that you experienced some sort of change in consciousness that led to a block. With this method, the goal is to change your consciousness to help with writing. This may involve using, don't do this part, uh, I'm sorry, this is up to you guys. I'm not going to do part of it. Using medication, supplements, reading, or changing your environment. I recommend changing your environment, reading, coffee. Okay, caffeine. I don't need to go any further down there. And everybody will tell you that, as you haven't already heard, Ryan, I think, talked about it, said, no, it was Brad who said coffee in reference to me. He's right. My blood is, my blood is caffeinated. Some coping strategies we've already talked about. And those we have it. Avoiding perfectionism. Brainstorming. And by the way, if you do, Brad talked about going to writers groups, critique groups, writing partners, and so forth. Contact a writing friend of yours. I don't care if you're next door, preferably next door, or if you know them by Facebook, other social media. Contact them. Reach out to them. And get every fan every fan of Right Back Radio is a writer. There's a group that you can talk to. Yeah, reach out to, to any of us. Yeah, seriously. Change your environment. I do this frequently. I cannot write at home. I don't care how hard I try. It used to be because I thought I was taking care of an elderly parent. No, I just can't write at home. I have to go someplace. Libraries are good. Coffee See, shops are good. I have trouble good. writing elsewhere. I love writing at home. See? And everybody's different. Cut distractions, big time. Limit your time on Facebook, limit your time, whatever. 
that distracts you away from it as best as you can. I say that part because everybody's got lives, bill pay jobs, etc. Find inspiration. If you are a professional writer, you can't rely on inspiration, but it is still a tool in your toolbox, borrowing a phrase for Stephen King. Find it. Forced writing, I think. Ryan, you talked about this, maybe with you, Melanie. Just force yourself to sit down and write, even if you, even if it's nothing but writing scripts. Right. Um, read something. Research. It's amazing what you know, can come out of research. Also, a good way to procrastinate. So be careful. Yes. Stream of consciousness. That can be writing. Just writing. It can also be what I talked about. Talking back and forth to yourself. Use your own voice. Hint, if you are having trouble writing, maybe you're trying to imitate somebody. You shouldn't. You're not being yourself. Um, there are psychostimulants, which I'm not going to talk about. Relaxation. Sleep. Take a break. Or the one in which, if Jennifer was on this episode, she'd throw a book at me for. Quit. Quit the story you're writing. So, those are some of some ideas. Brad's shaking his head. Where, where's, no, the book? where's the book? I need to throw it at you. <laughs> throw it at me. Go ahead, Brad. You feel free to rebut. I'm just reading off the list. No, no, no. Um, what I was going to throw out is that, uh, first off, I don't recommend writing drunk, but outlining drunk is a really <laughs> good idea. Um, so you were talking about, you know, stimulus and things like that. Yep, that's wrong. Uh, the, what I did want to throw out is this. So, uh, we've talked about all the writing that can happen and all the craziness. I hate to throw this one on you guys too, but this is the other one. Uh, the sophomore slump or can I recapture the magic? Yeah. Um, is another form of writer's block that you'll often see people running into. I've already written a couple of books. Oh my god, how can I write another one? Uh, you know, these, these are all bridges that we're going to have to face at some point and uh, to be honest, it, it's about all those same things we talked to. It's about, you know, finding ways to retap the well, finding ways to make it new and creative, uh, finding all kinds of ways to uh, adjust your writing and doing things of that nature. The other one that I would throw out, though, that we haven't talked about is writing something different uh, in a different genre. So if you're a fantasy writer or a sci-fi writer or something like that, and you're finding yourself kind of blocked, maybe try something in nonfiction. Maybe try something as a journalism blog, or maybe you try a little romance, you know, write something kind of hot and steamy, see how that goes. You know, write the sex scene that you always uh, never wanted to write into that book, but uh, in doing so, you'll allow yourself to be creative in another avenue that isn't the avenue being blocked uh, because of whatever mental game you're playing with yourself at that particular moment, or whatever game the, the universe is playing with you at that particular moment. Um, in doing so, you can kind of get out of your headspace, uh, which is really what finding that new swell of creativity is. is about kind of getting out of your headspace for five minutes and being able to look at something in a new light. Um, so just know that this can happen. Don't fear it if you're writing your first book now, that your second book's going to be even harder to write or anything like that. Uh, get through the book you're writing. Uh, that is the best advice that I can tell anybody. Uh, who has any block going on right now. Yes, you can move on to something new. Yes, you can do something else. But uh, if you can get through the book you're writing, 
the next book is on the horizon, and it will be better than the one you're writing now. Ryan, you had your hand up. Oh, and just just a quick thing. I, again, I feel like I, I continue to learn. Literally, you learn things when you're around other writers. Is it today as a sophomore slump? Because yes, yes, there is. I yes. learned through that, and after my my sequel to Rain Spell, uh, I feel like when you write something for you, the first one's special, you know. And and uh, and then you're like, oh crap! I have to write this up. You realize that you're a different person. Um, it is okay. It happens. Uh, lots of writers go through it, and and the thing is, is that for most people, you know that you're going to keep writing. You can't help it. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna keep doing it. It will come. Um, don't forget about it. Just stick to it. Uh, Ryan, I'm sorry. I know you're talking there, but you went so low on your volume. Can you say what you said again? Um, I, I don't know what everybody heard anything, but um, sophomore slumps are a thing. I feel like I'm just learning about that because I'm struggling to write a sequel to Brain Spell. Um, I realize I'm, I'm a different person now than I was then. Um, let yourself be different. Let that difference be a strength and not a weakness. Uh, let yourself try new things. Realize that you're a different person who's going to come out different. Because you're a writer, you're going to be like, oh, and that's going to experience in the Cool. Any final words from you, Mel? Brad? Really, the only thing I would say is that uh, at some point in your life, something's going to happen where you're probably going to be like, hmm, I don't know what I want to write right so take a nap, get out of your space, go take a walk, you know, write something new uh, for that particular day. Come back to the other thing tomorrow. Uh, whatever it takes. Because uh, as Ryan just said, the words will come again. Uh, we're writers. It's what we do. Uh, you know, everybody has that off day at work. Uh, most of the time they just get to yell at their coworkers and move on. Uh, we're a little different. We uh, Our bad days at work are filled with self-doubt. Uh, lack of words and the inability to make any sense whatsoever. So know that those bad days at work are going to happen just like they do for everybody else. Uh, and it's okay. Uh, and that's the most important thing that we can say is that it's okay. Uh, to write a crappy draft is okay. To not write today is okay. To write tomorrow and to say you're going to write tomorrow is okay. To say that this is the thing that I'm writing, uh, that's fine too, but if you're like, I don't want to write this anymore and I want to move on to something else, that's fine as well. Uh, it's you just got to give yourself that permission to write, uh, and the rest will come later. And just breaking down everything we've said here, and I'm going to lead to a quote, which you might find kind of surprising with this. Um, there's lots of causes for writer's block. It's okay to have writer's block, it's not something that. That's what I'm going to be guilty of. One thing, you though, is, from my point of view, is figure out what's causing the writer's block and adjust to it. Writer's block is impersonal. It doesn't care about you, to be honest. It is, however, your enemy. And that is leading directly into this quote that I'm going to close with. The enemy is a very good teacher by Dalai Lama. And on that, have a great week writing. Tune in next week for yet another interesting topic in the writing industry. 
Share the programs you like. Comment. Subscribe to us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, wherever you listen to us at. Thank you for listening. Take care. The new theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.